And at one point, there was one lady there that was a mother, so she kept, she's come to the marathon with her daughter um, and, and her husband. Um, and there was one woman that was just sobbing hysterically, and none of, like, she basically did what all of us wanted to do. And I think because she's a mother, she just didn't hold back, and she mm. kind of looked at her for a couple of seconds. She got up, she put her arms out to this girl who was sat in the middle of the circle, and she just said, can I give you a hug? And the girl just said, please, and then sobbed into her shoulder. And it was one of the most like heart-wrenching moments of seeing because you just see a mother holding another young mother, and like the empathy that you know that that woman felt towards that girl, thinking, "What if this was my daughter?" That, my friend, was Julia Fernando, and this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hey, everyone! It's Robbie Marsh. I'm your host. So, welcome to the podcast. Something slightly different this week, I've just returned from my adventure in Masaka with the Uganda Marathon team. Whilst there, I took the opportunity to podcast a few of the people to try and capture what the week is about and to help promote the event which provides an adventure like no other and helps to provide a sustainable future for the children of Uganda. There is so much I could say about this adventure, but I'm really going to do my best to hold back and let you listen to some of the team talk about their experiences. All I'm going to say is that if you want to have one of the best experiences of your life, then sign up for the Uganda Marathon 2020. I assure you, you will not regret it. It's hands down one of the best running experiences I've had. Before we start, this podcast is sponsored by, yes, you guessed it, the Uganda Marathon 2020. Please check out their Facebook page and send them a message on how to enter this fantastic experience. Please mention that you were recommended by the Inspirational Runner and you may just receive a small discount. If you decide to sign up, why not drop a post on the Inspirational Runner group page on Facebook. I think it would be great to share your experience. With great pleasure, I give you the Uganda Marathon experience. An adventure like no other. And then the penny drop and I see you actually, it would be good to get somebody's perspective yeah. from actually Uganda. Um, so Eric is from Uganda. Yeah. Um, he's one of the leaders here at the Uganda Marathon. So te- how how first did you get involved in it? Uh, so myself, I I first heard of the Uganda Marathon last year, around around this time. So so um, uh, I volunteered at the city authority in Kampala. And they, they told me that there's an opportunity, recommended me to the marathon. Brilliant. So that was one week before the last marathon week. Right. So I came for I came I came for an interview. They liked the interview. Then they told me, Can you come next week? So I came on the Saturday, the day before the last marathon week. So that I had of it in one week and the next week <coughs> I was I was involved in everything. <laughs> Brian, how did that go then? The first, that was last year, 2018. Yeah, yeah it was 2018. Um, so you were just thrown into the deep end. Deep end, deep Didn't end. Didn't know what to expect, really. Really deep end, deep um, end. You had a lot of people sort of traveling from different places. Were you expecting that? Were you expecting to see people um, from all around the world? Or did they give you a briefing or something? Or, or did you know what to expect? I mean, they told me what they were trying to achieve. Mm. It, 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 but you know, you never, you can't know till you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so there, there was uh, they, during the interview, they told me what they, what they, what they do, their objectives, their mission, and and what they expect from me. But of course, 
the marathon week is such an intense time for us who are organizing and making sure everybody enjoys the whole thing. So it's only when I was in it that I knew okay. what it was I was involved in. And how actually, because how many people is there this year? Is there like close to 200 people? Or? Yeah, yeah. So last year, the year, the year I came in, it was about 130 people. Right, okay. This time it's 180. So it's a big, even bigger than it was last year. So that's 108 people that are staying here that were, you're accommodating for? Yes. Um, between the athletes, village and... and so, uh, yeah, and Brovard and yeah, Hotel Plus. It's quite, you, these guys are doing an excellent job. It's quite a full week, isn't it? Yes. Like, it's something going on in, in the morning, something going on in the afternoon. Yes. Um, so there's quite a lot of logistics yes. for these guys. It doesn't come through, by the way, the pressure. Really? So <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's still quite a relaxed environment. Yes. Like, yes. Do you know what I mean? We understand there's a lot of things going on. Like, um, what's, what do you see being the, the biggest benefit of the marathon being here? I mean, it's hard to choose the biggest because there's so many good things. But, and some of them are obvious, like, like the money they give to the society, which is very key. Um, how, how important is that just staying on that one topic then like so because a lot of money coming in same with any marathon in any world yes you know always injection of cash that comes yes. into that like how important is that to the people of uh, Uganda so it's a, so we always we, we try and keep giving this stat because at, at first it's not easy to to, comp, to like grasp it and put it down to earth mm. but we keep saying the value of every single runner, remember I said the 180, the value of every single runner, economic value to Uganda, is more than $8,000. So we keep saying that, and if there are 180 people, yeah. that, that's, that's a, it, it's, it's a very good amount of money. Because like myself, like I said with myself, if it wasn't for the runners, I wouldn't have a job. Mm. I was unemployed. And until that that came, so personally, I see the value, but it's like because it's a self-sustainable event. We don't just say we are self-sustainable. The way we sustain ourselves is because people sign up all through the year. So there is no month I have to to where where my money comes in late. There is yeah. no because the runners are signing up all through the year. As well, the, for tourism, this is such a big, big, big thing for the country because. We, we have had negative headlines recently in Uganda because there was a tourist who was kidnapped. But still, this, this event, with its success, it, it, it covers that, yeah. you know? It covers that a bit. It shows the good side. Yeah, it shows, you know, it shows the good side. And you get those things happen in every city, in every country in the world. Yeah. And it is our nature to look at the bad, yes, isn't yes, it? Yes. For some reason. <laughs> uh, because you don't know what to expect. So yeah. the information you get, the one that, sh that is more, um, yeah, there's a word they use for that, which is escaping right now. But the what, what is more explosive is what you look yeah. at. And so you, it's worst case scenarios make more sense. But the marathon helps cover that, you know? And then if people enjoy it, then they start spreading the news more reliably because uh, people, people go back home and tell people about, 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 about um, what we did. But, but as I was trying to tell you, is that those are just some of the obvious, mm -hmm. uh, because the money, yes, is a good thing. 
and, and the exposure people give us is a good thing for the, for the community because it makes this, this event more sus sustainable and that way we can keep doing it. But the thing that, that is very important but, but may not be obvious for someone who's outside looking in, it is that people here, only the, the only time they, they, they see white people is on TV, so they, so they imagine all white people are rich because the white people they see are on TV, they are football superstars, mm -hmm. they are fashion models, they are moguls, you know? Those are only, that's the only exposure they have to white people. So they, they imagine that they are, because we are behind in economically, they imagine we are behind because that's our place. Okay. Because the only time they see people is because it's on, white t on TV and, and, and that's a problem because it's a mindset now. And, and it, it, if they never touch a white person and know that they sweat and know that they get tired and know that they can fail to dig or can fail to do something that they find so easy. Okay. Because you take them, you take <clears throat> in projects and you can't dig or you don't know what plant you that can't is. Can't saw properly. Yeah, can't. yeah, like yeah. We, we were building the chicken hut, mm. and the the guy I can't remember his name. I think it's Frank, mm. or the um, guy that was really good with the tools. Mm -hmm. He kept on coming back around and correcting us. He was getting a little frustrated with us because we yeah. couldn't use the tools properly. Yes, so, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> these guys crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Because now that helps him know that you know. Yeah. We can reach where you we are. We are the same. Yeah, we are the same. We are the same. It's not. Yeah. It's not something wrong with us. So we're not. Like, yeah. All white people aren't celebrities. No, and no. that's that's the impression that people have. So yes. coming there and seeing us make mistakes yes. is helping them feel that they have our people of value and have the yes. same place in the yes. world yes. as everybody else. Yes, you know, that's that's a great perspective. Like yeah. something you would yeah. you wouldn't really see or yeah, understand yeah, or, or bring yeah. across so so for me and, and the good thing is that we as you've seen we go to many schools yeah and so if we can get the younger generation to feel like it's possible you know it's not that it's nothing wrong with you because their parents may keep their weight may think that way but if the young ones that you've seen we've been playing with now for two days you know at the school and the, the, the sport field up there where we were yesterday when when those things keep happening, then they get you know yeah. that that feeling changes your mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you can feel you have more self worth and confidence yeah. going into the future. And that seems those the three words that you've sort of mentioned: the self worth, confidence, and sustainability. Hmm. Like if the if the marathon can bring that to people, then it's done a really good job because that yes. really seems to be. What they're trying to achieve. Yes, yes. It? That is what we're trying to achieve because we are helping projects which are, I mean, I think you've heard some of the stories or when you've been out, out where you've been. <coughs> so people, people, it's a, it's a confidence issue, you know? Mm -hmm. They have the answers, they have the solutions, but they just need help. That's all they need. And one of the best ways, obviously, is. is injecting some sort of money in, yes but not to buy them things no to help let them make their own decisions because they know what they need they know what they need you know because, I mean? because we ask them to apply all the projects is so applied and go through the process all the projects is so applied and go through the process 
but it's not that all of them that come to us know how to write an application and uh, so we help them because they know what we need they know what they know yeah all we just need to do is help communicate that to you guys and then you guys come out see what we, what they are trying to say mm. uh, you hear them <clears throat> and you be with them for 48 hours because that's when you're with them intensively but then also the marathon they're going to come and run and yeah. see you you know go through the hills that they're used to and know that and, and they'll feel like you know you, yeah. you've been with them and then when you go that's 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 just they, they feel like they're they are now their stories being told all over the world now so they don't feel alone anymore and in their situation it's, it's an absolutely amazing country you know, and, and it was amazing seeing the kids and how educated they are, yeah. how well they speak English yeah. and how much, how happy they are. And that, that's one thing. And like, if you, if, you, if you give them a smile, it lights mm. up their face. Yes, yes. And how have you found the runners coming here? Do you, because you're always, this is Eric. Eric's always got a big grin on his face, by the way. He's always smiling. <laughs> And there's always a positive energy around the camp. Um, do you really enjoy it? Do you really enjoy engaging yes. with them? Yes, yes, I do. Because personally, my, my job is I do mostly customer service. So I'm... I'm uh, you're getting your job then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do uh, emails a lot. I, I'm sure me and you have, yeah, have we emailed have, yeah. quite a bit. So, so for me... Uh, this is like, I feel like I know everybody before they are here, ah, and then when I meet them, it's like I've already met them. So I'm, I'm like celebrating a whole year of, <laughs> of communicating <laughs> and making sure everybody feels uh, good. So for me, this this week is uh, it, there are long days, but but but, <laughs> it's, uh, but but it's all right because you know I've been with. I feel like I know everybody, yeah. and I usually I know both names, so yeah. <laughs> that helps. And you, when I met you first, like I just said. Uh, you introduced yourself as yeah, Robbie. Yeah. Ah, Robbie Marsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because uh, I feel like I already know you, and then now that you're here, and in my care, I feel like I have to make sure that you you're not disappointed. You know. Yeah. So this month, week for me is very important. Very important. Yeah, and that, that's I suppose that's an it's a very important rule then I suppose because you want people here to come here have a good time. Yes. You've said how much it brings to the economy. Yes. So you want either them people to come back, or you want them people to tell other people. Yes. And yes. you want them to come next yeah, year. Yes, yes. And as you said, there's 140 people last year. It's 108. I think it's like 5,000, or between three and 5,000 running. Yes, tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow, a lot local of local community. people running yeah. as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to the beast. Not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get through it. You'll have lots yeah, of yeah. Is there any message you'd like to leave? leave the runners like if you were to say one thing to them or to leave yeah uh, of course i'd want to say thank you so much i know it's not cheap to get flights prepare for the marathon you know to organize yourselves buying tabs getting shots but i know the whole process is not cheap so of course the first thing i say is thank you from the bottom of our hearts and i'm sure that you you found you found that everybody here is very honored to have yeah. people come from all over the world to see them, you know, they feel invisible. So, so when someone comes from uh, everywhere, we have people from Russia, from Thailand, from Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii takes 48 hours in air to get here. You know, when they hear that, they 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 get they're like, 
how can I how am I special enough to bring to bring yeah. someone from that all the way there so f- the, uh, thank you it would be the first thing I'd say the second thing I'd say is uh, we make another runner happen you know tell somebody else what you've seen you know with the good you've done and 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 it, it really helps us help them you know so 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 make another runner happen and and that way we are sustainable so okay. so those are the two things I'd, I'd say All right, thanks very much one. oh you're very welcome yeah that's class <laughs> thank, you, thank, thank you thank you that was excellent so how's the experience been this week um yeah it's been amazing but just like yeah some of it's been hard to deal with um just went down to this orphanage today like a little children's home for kids that have just had like nowhere else to go literally nowhere else just like i just can't i can't comprehend Mm. that you know there's a lot of kids there that have been abandoned in markets and hospitals and things and that you know there's some mothers in some really desperate situations and because somebody was saying like because there's, there's some really young mothers here, like, isn't yeah. there? Like 11, not 11, sorry, 13, 15. Yeah, yeah, super young, like young teenagers, yeah. And the orphanage, the, the team here bring you down there to see the orphanage? Yeah. Was there many kids in it? So I think they had 93 kids there in total. Um, but actually when we arrived, they were like, oh, really sorry, the kids aren't here. And I was like, oh, they're, like they're at school. I was like, no, that's great. Just, yeah. <laughs> that's just fine. Like, and they said, oh, there's, um, there's only the babies here. So we went up to the baby room. And there was about, I don't know, 20 kids in there? 20, wow, that's unbelievable. Mm. So there's like 93 kids, but that's amazing then. The fact that was the response. Like, so they brought them, they'd taken those kids off the street, yeah. funded them, for, got funding yeah. themselves, because there's no government aid or any, anybody contributing yeah. to that at all. And are now putting those kids through school, which in Uganda is like so important. Yeah, and a bit of a privilege out here as well, isn't yeah. it? It's not, a, it's not a given. No, it was amazing what they'd done out there. And it was nice, it was nicely set up, you know, they had a nice big playground and um, all seemed very friendly. And, um, the kids seem to be well cared for. So generally, how have you found the week? As a, how did you, how did you first hear about Uganda marathon? Um, through Dave actually. Like we did the Sierra Leone marathon last year and loved it. And it's a similar like experience. And um, the Uganda one kind of like popped up on our radar. And Dave's like, quite fancy doing it. I had a look. I was like, yeah, right. I'll do that with you. That looks great. And, um, so it draws you in, doesn't it? Because it's something it draws you in. It does, it's something, yeah, yeah. something unique, and it really is a diff- it's a connection. Yeah, you know, and I like the fact that you're actually getting involved, and you're like, mm. you know, lots of places you go, and you just go and you you just see, and and that's fine. But here you can actually go and get involved, and we're like hammering nails into things, and like playing games with kids, or advising on different things, and it's just. That you really feel that you're actually making a difference. You know, it's not just the money we're giving; it's the the understanding, the interactions, the experience, the expertise, the everything. Um, yeah, and that that for me is what makes makes it different and makes it quite special. It was like yesterday, we, like we were at this um, recycling point that they'd literally. Well, we had to finish making it. We had to like hammer the boards on, and we were painting the signs for like eco bricks. And all the kids, local kids, are kind of looking over our shoulder, like, what are you doing, what are you doing? And we said, oh, you know, we're, this is a, a collection point for plastic bottles. 
And so I said to the guys running it, like, why don't you get, why, go get the kids to like go off and get some plastic bottles and we'll show them how it works. So like, off they went. Ten minutes later, they're back with a big sack full of plastic <laughs> bottles. So we hung it on the scales. It had like five kilograms worth of plastic bottles. And then we kind of got them all in the line and gave them all a few coins and showed them how it worked. But they but couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. They ran off like happy as Larry. They're like, oh, amazing. And, um, and then like two minutes later, another boy's back with another bag. And just as we were leaving, they came back with like two more sacks. And I was like, this is wow. great. This is actually working. And amazingly, in that space of time, you couldn't see a plastic bottle in sight, <laughs> which is pretty unusual. That, that is one thing that is a problem here, isn't it? Rubbish yeah. and waste. So There's so waste. much plastic yeah. everywhere. Just... Like, And I suppose I'm able to say that now because of the awareness that I've got from that, yeah. that Uganda Marathon sort of brought. So we all went to the upcycling. But tell us a bit about that day, because that was great. So we all turned up to the upcycling centre and it was really, because there is plastic everywhere, mm. isn't it? And it everywhere. takes like 400 years. Yeah, and they burn it as well, which then, yeah. and that releases like pretty toxic fumes. It's not, it's apparently it's 600 tonnes a day of plastic gets burnt. Wow. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Like, yeah. So if it can be upcycled, like it's not only creating employment, but it's getting rid of the rubbish, it's reducing pollution. So in the marathon then, they brought us there to do like one big project, all the groups split up into about seven or eight groups mm. and we had to make a, it was a, like a, a recycling cage, cage sort of thing. Um, <laughs> the Uganda team have one converted into a bar, so that's the sort of shape of it. Um, how did you find that day? I really enjoyed that actually, yeah, yeah. that was good. Um, initially, it was complete chaos, and we're all standing there with like, hammers and health and safety, and like bits of wood, and going, "Oh my god, what are we doing?" But then once we like kind of got it together, actually, it, yeah, it came together quite nicely. And at the end, we we're like, oh, "Actually, kind of looks like it should do." It's, good, it's great team bonding as well, yeah, isn't it? Because like, there's yeah. groups of seven or eight people in each of the teams, and that really connects everybody. Yeah, I think so that's we, unique in this week. Is the way everybody just falls. You would think you knew everybody here. Yeah. That's where Suddenly it's everyone's like, your friend. Like, yeah. even people you chat to, and you're like, I don't think we've introduced ourselves, but we're just chatting away. And yeah. What project did you go to then? Uh, Treasure Seed, um, yeah. which is a, it's a really little charity that teaches farmers how to, st- how to farm sustainably. Um, and they, are, they have a little centre there where people can come in and like learn things, and they're also kind of trying to get. The visitors little um, hut together so people can come in from like far farm places, stay for a week, learn how to to mm. farm sustainably, and then take that knowledge back to wherever they're from. Because they have le- lots of problems here with like the inheritance laws on land. So, say you have a plot of land and you have seven kids. When you die, that land is split into seven bits. Okay. So then one of those kids then goes on to have like seven kids and that one seventh is now divided seven ways again. And so like people Russian have this, dolls. Yeah. And people have these like tiny little plots of land and it's all quite fragmented. And land's also very expensive to purchase if you don't already have it. So it's sort of teaching people how to make the most out of a small bit of land, how to keep the nutrients in the soil, kind of what's going to work. Good. And um, it helps people not be reliant on these big... Um, farming companies who sell these like GM crops which only have one life cycle before they die and so you can grow one year of the crops and then you've got to go back and you've got to buy all the seeds and everything again so this way people can kind of create their own little gardens and grow eggplants and 
peppers and because you see a lot of it like don't you some people are are, are really skilled in it mm. and they've really got sustainability yeah I had a good story of Julia like she was telling me this like one of the pro projects they've been funding actually pulled their didn't pull but they didn't um, request to be part of the projects this time because they have actually now got themselves in a position and I was blown away by that. That's brilliant. And they wanted to make room for somebody else coming in. Wow. But that wow. really does give you that, what we're seeing, isn't it? Yeah. That really, in essence, what's, I got hairs people. that stand on my legs yeah. there. Yeah. Talking about that. Just helping people to help themselves. Because they've got, like, they, you know, like they're all saying, they've got, they've got the knowledge and they know like, the answers are here. It's just a lack of funding sometimes to get these things off the ground, which it's the, it's the problems that most businesses face wherever you are in the world but if you haven't got the money for that initial investment to buy the tools or to buy the whatever it is you need then you can't you can have the knowledge but you can't you can't get on with it so it's yeah. very grinding like isn't it you have yeah. all these grinding moments yeah. and like um every now and then you see the whole group a tear coming in the group's yeah. eye yeah but anyone that's listening to the podcast i don't want them sort of thinking you know that's what it's like there's these moments but it's an amazing weekend, isn't oh, it? And God. all these projects that we go to are just Oh, they're like, very fun as well. Wow, like, yeah. they're amazing. You're having great fun with all the people there. Yeah, and the people and are really inspirational and they greet you with this great big smile. They're yeah. like, welcome, welcome to Uganda. Like, you know, come and see it. Come and come and get involved with what we're doing. And they, you know, they love it. And, um, and it's, I don't, everyone's just really bonded as well. Like our little yeah. clan, member clan, I think it's called. They've all got on really well and just kind of, yeah, just gel together and, and do you think it's the mar this type of marathon sort I don't want to say it draws a, a type of person but I suppose it does if you're looking to do run the marathon in Africa maybe that's why it, it bonds so well I like, think you get a certain like you get people who are A. mad enough to run marathons <laughs> B. mad enough to run marathons in Uganda <laughs> and everyone's everyone's got a very kind of outward look in life and mm. very kind of I guess liberal views and um, and people are looking for how they can make an impact and make a change and and I think that's and, and everyone is of that mindset mm. and I think that's what helps us all bond together and you know, people are from all sorts of different backgrounds and bits of the world but it's so interesting yeah it really has like but yeah everyone's got that same mentality that kind of like I want to do something I want to help I do you feel that that now has grown within to so everyone does obviously want to help like um the first thought that came to me when i left our project was like geez i could do i really easily could raise money to help yeah these so it's sort of being there at the projects and seeing it actually happen yeah. makes you think mm, you know it's not much effort for us really to make a huge difference here isn't it no it's it's not and the money goes so far you know yeah. you think the average earnings here is a dollar a day so then, you know, you raise a thousand pounds. That is a huge amount of money out here. It can do so much good. And you can do good on a wider level or there are, you know, as a kid, I'm thinking of sponsoring him to get him through secondary school. Brilliant. He's been saying, oh, I, you know, I really want to go to school and I keep, I go to school and then the funding runs out and then I miss a month and then when I go back to school, he's like, I'm behind and everyone else has been, you know, yeah gone on without him and he's do you know how much it costs to fund somebody going to secondary say 100 pound every it's 20 pounds a month it's for a residential secondary school all in 240 quid a year that's ridiculous yeah. isn't it yeah 20 quid that's like 
two gin and tonics in London. I was just, I was just about to say, like, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get around the drinks for 20 quid. Like. No. <clears throat> Education is critical here. Mm. You know, it sets them on such a good path. Um, yeah. so I know we take it for granted so much. Like, um, what, what's your full name and where you're from? So I didn't even introduce you there at oh, the beginning. Well, I'm, I'm Caroline Bennett and I'm from London, West London. There's quite a few people here from London, isn't there? Yeah. So what are you running tomorrow? I'm running the half. <laughs> um, I resisted running the full. I did, I did five marathons last year, which for me was a lot. I know for some people here running like a hundred odd, it's not, but for me five marathons is enough to say that's a lot no more marathons <laughs> so i think the half i said to dave i said if i sign up for the half i'll come out and look forward to it <laughs> if i sign up for the full one i'll be dreading it so i'm doing just doing the half tomorrow would you would you go home and recommend it to your friends yes absolutely would absolutely would and what, what what would you say what would you say to them like um i'd say if you want to come and you want to understand africa and you want to understand how what's happening on the ground, how you can make a difference, how the money you raise can make a difference. Like, come out here, you will understand. You will see so many different aspects of society and, like, and how people are working together to make, make things work, to get children in education, to create jobs, to support people with disabilities, to just better themselves and become... I'm just realising, listening to you talk mm. there, like how much, how lack of awareness we have. <clears throat> and so I hesitate whether to say this or not, yeah. like, but our conditioning or awareness of Africa, yeah. we've had nothing since Band-Aid. <laughs> oh, God, and everyone um, was saying to you before I came out. Oh, Band-Aid, sorry, we've nothing yeah. since Live Aid. Yeah. And like that done so, so much good then, but I can now see how much harm we've done in our own way of thinking, because we didn't follow that on. Mm. You know, that was like a great yeah. injection. Yeah, but, but it can't left. just be handouts. You, we can't yeah. just come in and go, oh, you haven't got enough to eat, well, there's some food. That because was, it, we now see how yeah. wrong that was, yeah. especially being here in a week. Yeah, yeah. well, short term, it's fine, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. on the long term, you've got to help people to help themselves, because that's what they want, mm. the little people. But it's not that, it's not the pictures that we've seen like 20 yeah. years ago, or when yeah. Lose Your Maze or whatever it was on TV, <laughs> um, because I don't want to say shamefully, because it's, it's not shamefully, like, but that's mm. what I had seen, and I didn't think it was that. Mm. Um, but I didn't think it was anywhere near as sustainable as it is and how well yeah. the schools were run and how they were all self-funded and really are trying to sort their own problem out. Right? Like, and all they just need is a little help. They do. They also need some help from the government, I think. I think we need to look at like Scandalously. free schooling. Has to be, mm. It has to be free schooling for all kids. That money has to come from somewhere and I feel like it's a very top-heavy model and not a lot of money trickles mm. down to the grassroots through the government. I'd like to say I'm wrong on that, but yeah. that's the impression I've, I've got. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely recommend it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Met some wonderful people. Yeah. and We're actually um, going down now to the pool party. You yeah, know, so when we're talking about all these <laughs> things that are happening, like, it is a great week. And you can't spend your money here at all. I think you've got £100 change. Like, and you're you're trying to buy... Did I tell you the story the other day when I went to the bank? Went to the Bank of Uganda in town. I withdrew forty quid, and I emptied the bank. <laughs> was that you? Was it? Where yeah. the machine doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. But you try, and like you don't want to. It's very important when you come over here, and you have to be very careful about like, giving gifts and things like that. Yes. 
Um, it's better because you don't give. want them to see us as handouts. Like, yeah, it uh, takes us actually, back. Yeah, and you don't like actually. The kids aren't kind of grabbing yeah. for things or asking for things. They just they just want to come and say hello and like. They're and what you think is important to them may not be important to them. Yeah. Do you know what? You're better off yeah. really giving them the money and letting them work it out yeah. themselves. And let the charities honest, decide like, how best to spend it. Yeah. And, yeah, that's much much better. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah Thanks yeah. very much. Appreciate it. All right. So, give me a, just a brief overview of who you are. Um, where you live? Sure, my name is Dana. I'm originally from Minnesota in the US and I have currently been living in London for the last three years. So we literally just finished the marathon, like, so how awesome was that? Absolutely speechless to finish that marathon. Um, was it's, it what you anticipated? It's, <clears throat> it's everything I expected, more, less, it's just a mix of emotions. Um, the people are stunning. The it's, course it's, is stunning. It's one of those situations, like, isn't it, that you've, you've been there and you've gone through that. Like, how do you articulate that to people? Unless you're actually there and actually done it and seen yeah. those things and experienced the course and the people. The whole week has been that <clears> way. I think mm. you, need, you can take as many wonderful photos as you want, but you need the sounds, the smells, the sight, Every, the, all of it makes it a full experience. It's so, so the marathon was two loops? Yeah. So how did the first loop go for you? Did you just find it nice and steady? The first loop was great. <clears throat> I felt good. Um, did it a lot faster than I kind of intended and hoped, but I think it's the excitement of everything around you. It's new. All the people that joined in the course with you just kind of carried you through. Can, can you think of any of the things that sort of stick out in your mind that sort of happened on course? We came up one of the streets back into the city and immediately saw this rush of white t-shirts coming down and realized pretty quickly we were setting off into the group with the 10k and I was just blown away by the amount of people in this community that came out for this event. Um, guys in suits running with a t-shirt over them women without shoes on, kids without shoes on, people in sandals and flip-flops, and we weaved our way through this really off-road course, through the mud, mm. through a field. It's really a trail. trail. It's absolutely it, a trail, it? yeah. And then we kept hearing about this inevitable beast of a hill, yeah. and I had no idea what to, I, you know, I'm building it up in my head. And I turned the corner and just said, Oh my It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. It, Isn't it, that's I, the best way to explain it, I think. Yeah. The downhill first it is, is hard enough to go down. Straight down and straight back up. <laughs> and it's just, you know, hundreds of people flying down and up and everyone's smiling mm. and laughing and it, yeah. What it, it's different than obviously it's different than a road marathon, obviously, like but the camaraderie and the Everyone's just so, it's almost like a carnival of running, like, isn't it? Yeah, you, you almost didn't have time to realize you were tired or that you were on a second loop because someone was cheering you on from behind. Someone was coming out of a house to wave and smile and high five. There's so many distractions. There were, yeah, there was so much to see in the, each of the little communities you ran through. You know, as you're coming through for the second time, they're kind of doubly excited and prepared, they know you're coming and seeing the, the faces and smiles just keeps you going. And you like you went through the school. Yeah. Which was absolutely amazing. That's you were sort of ready for that because you knew that was coming yeah. sort of thing like 
But what I found was really unique was actually maybe the kids that weren't going to school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Tiny little kids, like, and they're like, hi, hello, everybody. Everybody was saying hello and hi to you, like, yeah. constantly. Was there any point during the run that you had, like, kids sort of following you, like a little swarm of kids or anything like that there? Yeah, I think there was countless times you'd, you'd get a kid sprint mm-hmm. out of a banana plantation and <laughs> grab your hand and away you went. And you're kind of looking around like, all right, where, where they come from and how far are they coming with us? But, the, you know, the smile on their faces and they're giggling and laughing and you go through kind of a small section of a, of a town or a village with five or six shops and the first one, you pick up one kid, you get to the next shop, you've got two more, then you've got a whole line and they're, yeah. you know, three deep and you're running through the town kind of looking around like, my gosh, what do I do with all of them? But I guess we're yeah. going to, yeah, I guess we're going to keep going, so. Because they're like five, six, sort of seven years yeah, old, really, kids. really fit and they're just so happy and bouncing. Like, um, I went past one place, like an avocado tree. Yeah. They're obviously falling down. They're all there's four, these four kids are eating avocados. And yeah. that's why you're so fit. Yeah. <laughs> because you're eating yeah. so well. And Absolutely. Healthy. Yeah. Um, you were talking there about when you came to the finish thing because it was quite it's a very technical course which I think helped because one minute you're going up the beast then yeah. you're going up Heartbreak Hill but then you had a lovely glide down. Yeah. You know, so there's always something occupy, occupying your mind. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't really about run a mile over after mile in pace. Absolutely. You had yeah. like the heat, humidity, yeah. the hills, all that good stuff. Like so your last four miles you were telling us about um you had an issue with your knee. Was it your knee? Yeah. An issue yep. with? And then you were running with was it one of the local Ugandans? Yeah, so I at the start of the race, one of the, the local running club guys um asked me to help him pin his pivot his bib on and we got to chatting and I asked you know what distance was he doing and he was going to do the 42 he's done it this is the fourth time I think he's done it his dad was doing it and you know he was aiming for this great time and you know wished him well he wished me well and off we went I said oh you'll be you know miles in front of me I'll see you at the finish and second loop got to about mile 20 pushed myself just a little bit further and thought it's not worth it um, and saw him walking ahead of me, and we'd just come over the hill of this uh, beautiful, you know, left and right look, but what you're running through is massive piles of trash on top of this hill, and families digging through it, and, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking to see that in yeah. such a beautiful place. And I saw him ahead in his orange shirt and caught up, you know, sped up a little, caught up to him, and asked him how he was doing and we both were having the same issue and he just grabbed my hand and said we're finishing this this is why we came here today we just want to finish and I said absolutely I'm with you to the end and we just chatted the rest of the way and without a care in the world I wasn't disappointed I wasn't sad you know gave a chance for me to talk about my running and about his running and share an experience along the course and I don't even remember how long it took to do those four miles because mm. for him, you know, his uncle drove by on a motorcycle and we <laughs> shouted and waved and was like, oh, that was my uncle. I'm like, what? And then, you know, we got to the next part of the town. And he said, oh, we're going to pass my secondary school. And he was thrilled to be able to point that out and explained he's an artist. And, oh, we, you know, we came into the town of Masaka and yeah, me and my friends, we all painted that 
elementary school, um, the inside of the playground, can you see it? We did that for free just to volunteer and um, really just it's prideful a, in the such area. such a given country, yeah. isn't it? Everybody just is given so much, like, yeah. isn't it? Like, and he, there was no intent ever for him to leave me behind. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to leave him behind. And we, uh, How we, did that feel then when you come down the finishing shoot together? It, it was like, awesome. Because that really did connect the two yeah. of you, obviously. Like. We, we, we went in front of the hotel. The, the, there was two volunteers from the team here, and they just said, oh, are you coming in to finish? And we you know, shouted, absolutely, we are. You know, this is it. We're done. Um, and we both kind of wanted to run into the finish, so we picked it up a little, and he, he just kind of said, all right, we're going slow. Be steady. Just grabbed each other's hand and away we went and you know finished holding hands a big huge hug and i don't think either of us could have been more thrilled awesome. so how, how have you found the week in general every day has gotten better um i'd spent some time in kenya about 10 years ago and i sort of knew the emotions that were going to come back and it can be a lot to take in especially if if it's not some an area you're familiar with or kind of know the economics and the people and all of the bits and pieces that fit together, but just every day we've gone to a new community, a new school, a new project, heard about what you know the local people are doing for their own people, for their own communities, and it's quite I've, inspiring, like isn't it's, it? It's there's all these pioneers all over the place. Like, they've got so much talent, so many wonderful people that are willing to do all of these these great things and you know with little or next to nothing they make the best that they can and a smile on their face they're genuinely happy um the kids just blow you away by the their attitudes their outlook on life Um, it's one thing i was really surprised about how welcome they make you feel every single last one of them yeah all walks of life and you know they're coming like we're sort of coming from privilege like and as a developed country, developing country, sorry, and uh, like every last one of them, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter you if make it's eye the contact with them, and they're just like, you say hello, and they're just so pleased. I started the race with a handshake to the prince, which I never <laughs> thought I would do. And I said, to, you know, thanked him for having us here. And he genuinely gave the same thanks back and the yeah. smile on his face. And then it was you know, the guy whose truck I hopped in the back of to buy a pineapple off the side of the road was equally as happy and, and that was during giving. The no, uh, oh, I, I did take say. I did take some selfies with the pineapple guys, oh, but <laughs> uh, I stopped at a truck one of our days out to the to visit our project and uh, we drove but, through all the pineapple plantations and I said, I'm getting one of those before I leave. I I took a cramp. And the guy, the Ugandan guy I was running with, he was genuinely sorry to me because I was taking a cramp. Yeah. A cramp. Like, and he was like, oh, Robbie, I'm so sorry that, you know, I mean, I was like, no, it's cramp. Yeah. Like, I'm running. Yeah. And this is my body. Not <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. It's not your fault. I, I grazed my elbow when I was playing football with him, which is really funny today because I was a goalkeeper. <laughs> and I don't know how, but randomly all around the course, I was getting, goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Mm. So there must have been kids all around the place. Um, they remembered me, but they were, they were so sorry that I'd grazed my yeah. elbow. Do you know what I mean? Because you come to our country and you've hurt yourself, yeah. and it's like seriously, yeah. it was not your yeah, fault. Yeah, like, not at all. But there's a very deep appreciation from them. Yes. That you actually came here. That's that's the way they 
that's the sense I got was that you've actually travelled all the way here to help support us. Yeah. So at the top of, was it the top of Heartbreak Hill they had a sign saying how much money was raised? Was it? Yeah, right about yeah there? just, yeah, right about there. How, how, how did that feel when you seen that? I, yeah, I didn't expect to see really, you know, any signage or anything kind of hoping to trickle my way through the course without getting lost or off the beaten yeah. path. And we kind of knew we're all, you know, collectively raising funds to help this community. Um, and then you turn the corner and you see that and it's, it's it, amazing what a, you know, small, generally a small group of people who don't know each other, we've only spent a week together, has come together to do and the impact that it's going to make on this one community is I think that's the key thing. Like, I find it quite emotional when I've seen it. So I read like 180,000. Okay, a group of people can raise that amount of money. Yeah. But actually, you actually have a deep sense on how much of a difference that's going to make. So you've seen that sign and you've took the other side of these tiny wee kids. And you're like, yeah. that really is. Because you've... It's amazing to, to put your efforts into collecting funds and raising funds and awareness about the need here, but then to actually come and see where that's being put and understanding just how much impact even one of those small donations will make. And, you know, we went to our school that we were raising funds for and they have no electricity. So what, what project was it you went to? St. Jude's Primary okay. School, which is quite far out. Um, was that one across the ferry, no? Just before the ferry. Okay. And... How many kids were on it, roughly? Just so there's about 175 kids now at this school, um, and it's just shocking to talk to the head teacher. You know, she is a wonderful woman and so so much energy to put into this school and to see what they've done with so little in such a short time. They've only been around for eight years, um, and it's really changing the perspective of the whole community into understanding how important education is and these kids are willing to walk 5k one way to school every day um, but you know they start that just the school funds themselves the parents that they have what they have to pay there's 35 kids in the very first class from three to five years old but by the time the kids get to primary seven there's only eight kids that are still wow. there. And it's, the, you know, the cost of skipping two deliveroos a week can give mm. these kids the chance to go to school for one term. And that really starts to hit home of, you know, do I really yeah, need to- It must be really hard for them. Because the difference is they're not just teachers turning up for a job. Yeah. Like they're turning up to change the lives of these yeah. kids. Like, and Isn't you can just really? see the, the, you know, the older kids are so excited to be there and, mm. you know, itching to learn. That. And they, yeah, they, they would be willing to do it if they just had that little That's what push. I mean by the pioneers, that it's like that head teacher. Yeah. There's so many powerful people here that you look at and think, wow. Yeah. And so it, amazing. The school was started by her mother and she's now come back after she got her teaching license to come back and, and give back. And we asked, you know, well, why, why did you pick this school? Why did you come back here? You could have, you know, gone anywhere or done anything. And she just felt a huge tie to this community and to, to keep the legacy on. And, you know, she said her brothers and sisters have all done something else, but she felt 
she really needed to come back to, to carry on what her mom started. And even her siblings are very thankful that she's done that. But she just does it with so much pride. It's amazing to watch. It blew you away. Like, what, do, what do you think that project, what would be the best way for people like ourselves to help them? They, so they need more facility space. Um, it's pretty basic. All of the classrooms are connected to each other with an open roof. So you've got 35 yeah, kids roof. in a tiny wow. room. Then you've got the next class right next to it. And there's no divide. So they can all hear each other. And it's just what they've done with the resources they have is incredible. Because the, all of the signs on the, around the classroom are handwritten on a piece of you know, hard paper. And they do what they can. But they don't have a kitchen and so they wanted to cook a wonderful lunch for us and they had to turn a wooden classroom into a kitchen that has one window and there's three local ladies cooking in there, you know, on three open flames and you're just like, it takes one second for something to go wrong and this classroom is completely gone. Um, so money, and money to try and help and support yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it. it's totally, totally self-funded, it's nothing. Yeah, they get no, government, yeah, no government funding. So. so you have these guys with a very basic mm -hmm. um, materials just, just trying to set up anything they can. Anything they can, they can for this community. And yeah, in, like, and it's, it's in a very agricultural intensive community. So it's the, the community it reaches is so expansive because these farms are huge. So kids are walking, you know literally like through a swamp and a forest to get to school because this is the closest one and the next closest one is a government school but it's miles away mm -hmm. and so they just don't go because they can't get there. Did you enjoy the experience? Because it's important to note that even though this is like a developing country and it's extremely hard to see and absorb mm -hmm. and it's quite terrible actually seeing it all mm -hmm. and empowering as well. Mm -hmm. um, but did you have a good time when you were there? Like, we didn't want to leave. We, we said, we don't care what time we get back. We don't care if we miss dinner. We want to yeah. spend all of our time here. Like, the kids were so excited. They'd never had visitors. And they'd spent three weeks rehearsing all of their dances. They came up with songs. They made us signs. And they were so happy to have us there. And what we did was install some basic sort of playground equipment for them because they had a few tires buried into the ground and a pit of sand right, okay. kind of created. And the team that you know went out there, we sort of collaborated together and thought, all right, what, what can we do with the basic pile of wood they've given us and a couple of tires? And someone had the, this fantastic idea to make a tire swing in the tree and they've got this just picture-perfect tree in front of the school so mm -hmm. the kids were all distracted kind of singing and dancing and playing with everyone watching what we were doing with some other stuff we had made and someone so these two others went out and put the tire swing in the tree and we, then we brought the kids around and they must the smiles on their face, I mean, they just, you couldn't peel them off of it the rest of the day. So yeah. we made a second one and just, you know, they've... That they've, must have been extremely rewarding though to see that. Yeah, it, I think it reduced all of us to tears for about the fourth time that day. But it's just something so basic mm -hmm. and they were genuinely just over the moon to see, you know, 
just a would little you, bit. Would you recommend this week to other people? Absolutely. Uh, a friend came, a couple of friends from my running club came last year and talked highly of it. We didn't get, you know, into super detail, but they just said, oh, you, that they had such a wonderful time and they enjoyed it. And I can't wait to go back and really explain to everyone just the impact it has on you. I don't think a single one of us could possibly leave here this week without saying yeah. that your life wasn't changed in some way. And um, in so many different types of ways. Isn't so it? Like, yeah, just awareness is such a big thing. Like you know, because we don't really have an awareness at mm -hmm. all. Um, but there's a uniqueness I found with the marathon this morning. So we all went down to the start. Like there's a small community community is created throughout the week. Mm -hmm. There's 180 of us here. I yeah. think. Like but you know, sort of everybody that's here. Yeah. So now we're now we're going to go through a bit of pain through the marathon. Yeah, yeah. But it was unique that we were all there. You knew everybody at the starting line because of the week that we've had yeah. together. And so it's, it was a little nerve-wracking, I think, for quite a few people because a lot of people came on their own. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anyone. And a lot of friends at home were like, oh, you're going and you don't know anyone? I'm like, no, I, you know, I assume I'll meet some great people. And it takes a special person to, to spend a week holiday out here doing what we've done. Mm. And without a doubt, all of us, I think, are denying what's going to happen in the next 24 hours that we've in seven short days become so close by sharing this experience mm -hmm. that we've now got to turn around and wave goodbye but i think it's really motivated us all to keep in touch and pull together and be an advocate for this week and say you know when we go back what can we do who can we inspire to come and have the same experience so that the effects just keep mm -hmm. you know that's beautiful. Thanks for Each and each every year. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. So your very first marathon first in Brigham, yeah. Uganda. Yeah, Were you always planning on doing the marathon? No, it was um, a bit of a weird one, really. So I used, obviously I used to be a runner in the army. I used to compete 10K. Um, left the army in 2012, worked in an office, got completely out of shape. If I'm honest, I was partying too much and drinking too much. As and you I, do. As you do, yeah. And then I had surgery in November last year. I just thought I need to make a change, I need to do something a little bit different. So I bought a pair of running trainers, probably did my first run in about three or four years, managed three miles and nearly threw up. But then weirdly it advertised the Uganda Marathon and I thought that is such a, a good goal that I'll continue to run. And if so I did, where did you see it advertised? Just on Facebook, I think it's very clever isn't it, it knows what you like, so travelling and it must have known that I've been googling running trainers, so um, yeah, good advertising. Then obviously I read about it and... But you came over here on your own, like? Yeah, I came on my own, yeah. Well, I haven't really got any, any running friends. It's quite, a, it's quite a brave initiative to first take off. Did you find that or not? Did you yeah, well, yeah. It just sort of tracks me straight away. That's what excited me. I've never been away by myself. I've only ever been away with friends or, you know, girlfriends. And I wanted to see, A, how I'd get on mingling and meeting people. Um, and then just wanted the experience of going away by myself. Even little things like travelling through Kenya Airport and things like that and just having that experience. So, yeah, that, that didn't put me off. That excited me. Because that, that's, like, that's actually a cool thing that hasn't come up yet, is that actually mingling aspect of it. Like, so how have you found that then, transitioning? Because it's quite, it was a, a great welcome. Because when yeah. we did the welcome, can everyone stand up, blah, 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 where are you from? Extra, can everybody stand up who came on their own? 
Yeah, there's a huge number. And there's a huge number of us. Actually, at least half. Half. there. Yeah. And what they said was, right, I want everybody that's here with somebody to take a good look at those guys and I want you to invite them to dinner and make them feel like they're part of your team. Yeah. And right from the off. Yeah, I think the organisers have done a good job of, of catering for, for people like myself. And you, I also thought about this and I thought everyone is so nice. And then I wondered, does this kind of trip attract you know, yeah. those kind of nice people that are, you know, you know, I don't know what words, kind, generous, sociable. It's a unique thing because it's Uganda and you're, you're sort of coming over to, maybe not originally, coming over to sort of help. Yeah. You know, there's that connection there. Yeah. You know, it drew you in. Yeah. Know, so is it a type of person that's getting drawn towards that maybe? And maybe that's why we all mingle so well I together. Think so. I mean, I haven't spoken to one person I dislike. What do you think, in 180 people? Yes. Normally so at least one person you don't like, yeah, but here, every so single strange. person has been nice. And I, there was one person until I spoke to him, and he was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest, I was judging people by their, their profile pictures on Facebook before I came, and the couple of people I thought I may not get on with have yeah, surprised me and been really nice. So. so you started off, well, you've done a marathon today, so it was the first yeah. time you've done a marathon. You were the finisher right behind me. Yeah. And it blew me away. I was like, holy freak, Dan. <laughs> so, so tell me where you're from. Yes, yeah, so I live in Bristol. I'm, not, I'm from Yorkshire originally. Um, yeah, been in Bristol six, six years. Yeah. Um, and your full name? Pardon? Your full name? Uh, Aaron Wallace. 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 Is your name? Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I was just sitting there taking my end of um, marathon video to myself. Yeah. Holy oh, shit, a, I couldn't believe it. There he is coming. And I mean, you were. I gave it. Bust, yeah, I gave it. Bust a big the gasket. Yeah, like. yeah. I thought I've got a little bit of energy left, so there's nothing in keeping it. Might as well just. So, how did you find it. the course? Because it's, it's totally different than sort Yeah. It, it, it was weird because it was brutal in, in many ways because it was so pretty. It was amazing. It's amazing. If you had such a brutal course in an industrial estate, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be very nice. Yeah. But here, you run up a hard hill, and you get an amazing view, and it's almost like worth worth the effort. There's so many different diverse things going on on the course. There wasn't one minute you're going through a very underdeveloped area. Yeah. Um, it might be a little bit hard to breathe at some stages. Initially, yeah. you're, um, you're at this amazing scenery, and then you go through a school. You go through a real hard yeah. hill. Yeah, the beast. I think the undeveloped areas for me were probably my favourite because the people that were sat there watching you and, and the children as well. Um, and but like you got the schools, so yes, you know they've they're actually waiting for you to come all week. Yeah. You talked about the undeveloped underdeveloped areas and the kids. Yeah, well so actually that school I went to that school on Tuesday, so when I ran through it, I saw a lot of the children that I'd been playing with earlier in the week so for me that was just absolutely incredible just to recognize them just to recognize them. a couple said my name as i went past and everyone giving me high fives i said how do they remember your name it was amazing because i they called me goalkeeper yeah because i was playing goals everywhere i went like they're like goalkeeper goalkeeper and i was like how do you remember because i look like a monster now with this talk sweating and all that good stuff like but the worst bit is they remember my name but i can't remember many of their names you can't be hard on yourself because we've like 180 people here. We keep on going around names, don't we? Like, yeah. um, one night I'm good, the next night I'm not so good at it. Like, um, you told us an amazing story there when you came to the finish of the marathon. Talk to me yeah. about that. So it must have been maybe two or three miles into the first lap. So probably the second village area that you ran through. Um, 
and yeah, these two kids just grabbed my hand, well, one grabbed my hand, one grabbed Mark's hand. Uh, we just started running, and I expected maybe to run to the edge of the village. We got, we got to the edge of the village, and they carried on, and did a mile, and then two miles, and they ended up running, I think myself, nine miles with me in flip-flops. That is unbelievable. Like, so what age do you think those kids are? They told me he was nine years old. His name is Malcolm Dennis. Quite an interesting name as well. Yeah, someone, someone like this is... I don't want to say they're English names, but they're familiar names. It's familiar the right names, thing to say, like, yeah. And like nine years of age with flip flops. Yeah. They ran nine miles with each other. Nine miles, yeah. And he he ran with a friend, um, and I gave him an energy bar to share. And then his my friend is Muslim. He, he's fasting. He can't eat or drink. So the other kid ran with no water or no food. And he actually did sixteen miles with my friend Mark. No which way. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But it's just one thing after another blowing you away, isn't it? On yeah. course, like, yeah. I can feel a hair standing on the back of my arm there. Yeah, well, I got, I got goosebumps several times throughout the race and then pretty much in tears when I finished with you know, the stories that I'd heard. But he was amazing. He wasn't even tired. He was pointing out the landmarks, different buildings, telling me little stories. Yeah, and he actually spoke really good English, you know, for a nine-year-old in rural yeah. Uganda. It's quite surprising, actually, isn't it? Of all yeah. age groups here, how good their English is. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Um, uh, that just blows me away, like nine years of age. We give you a tour. But pretty much, yeah. They, <laughs> pretty much the whole of the first lap after I met him. Well, it was because I actually ran through the, the checkpoint bit for the start of the second lap. Mm-hmm. And then he was starting to flag and I gave him some jelly beans and said, look, I need to keep going because I've got a bad ankle. Yeah. I can't go too slow. Um, but yeah, then my friend Mark went past maybe 20 minutes later and picked him up. No, they carried oh, really him running, yeah. yeah so. the, the underdeveloped there he is now, what I ran. that out there, I walked through them like. Um, <laughs> but these these adults are very underprivileged. Yeah. And you sort of think to yourself, you know, how or what to say to them. But they are so, every time you said hello to them, they were so welcoming. Yeah, smile, wave like, at you. It just, it just blows me away, like, and you know they have very little. Yeah. Um, but they really appreciate you being there. You get I, that sense. I noticed that today. I think throughout the week there were some adults that maybe don't know why we're here and they see you looking and they feel a bit uncomfortable. But today everyone knew why we're here and what we're doing. And so because of that, every single person seems to be willing you on and, and cheering for you and yeah, really happy that you're there. That's unreal. Yeah. But was it you who was telling me the story about um, the woman finishing flip-flops? Kids? Yeah, so when I, when I finished, Kevin got showered and changed and went back down and it, it's probably about six and a half, maybe six and three quarter hours, so quite, quite a long time. And then this lady came hand in hand with two children and when she crossed the line, she burst out crying and said they ran the whole marathon with her in, in flip-flops again and Jean's actually one of them. Like two kids, like I know it sounds a bit mad coming back home, but that's just encompasses what was happening out on course, really, wasn't yeah, it? Like, there's a whole festival of running, they were so delighted to be there. They were, yeah. um, but the kids are so athletic because they are, they're like running like, three miles to work. Yeah, but that's what they do, don't they? They don't sit around playing computer games, they just, they just run and, and dance and sing. So, we've seen the guys dance when we went to the gallery. Yeah, yeah. I remember the right side doing a bit of hip hop. Yeah, it's incredible. The energy these guys had. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, I we mean, keep up with them. It sounds bad saying, doesn't it? But you go, you compare two children back home, and you have done something negative. But you, you they can't compare. The society is changing all the time, and sometimes I, I, I question them. Um, who's this is 
maybe a bit vague to say this, like, who's the poorest? Yeah. Oh, well, did you latest, see sorry. the signs in the village uh, where we watched the hip hop? There was some uh, art, wall art on the side saying some people are so poor, all they have is money. And that really struck home with me because that's what we have a lot of back home. Mm. But, you know, we, we, still, we seem to be losing, you know, don't see kids playing on the street, running around as much. We seem to be losing Just that. Living part. life, to be honest. Yeah. We're working hard for material, for material things, things that we're not even getting time to enjoy. Which I don't know about you, but I sort of realised this week that I don't need half the things yeah. that I think you I need. They're creating phenomenal things with the most basic materials they are, not they? Yeah. Where was your project? So it's St. Jude's, so it's the primary school, perhaps two hours from where we are now. And it, it, not that far in the UK, it's probably a 45 minute drive, but with no real road or anything like that. And the lady's amazing, she set it up in 2012, and she could probably leave the country, she's degree educated, a teacher, but she wants to stay here to leave her legacy of, of teaching the children. So a lot of the children, you know, walk 10 miles from the forest to come to school. Um, a lot of them, you know, don't have both parents from the diseases they have here. And um, yeah, the school's amazing. It's got no power. Uh, did, you, did you find that that had a really deep impact on you? Huge, yeah. Myself and Mike, I don't know if you know Mike, Mike Cook, we were pretty much in tears when we got there. They, gave, they did a big song and a dance and they made hand handmade welcome cards saying thank you with our names on. Yeah, that was impressive. Which is that the was, best I was so jealous of that. Like, yeah, it's incredible. They, they know the project group, people, and your fundraising sort of goes towards yeah. them, whatever, but they actually have these plaques with your names on, like saying thank you. Like, And they actually wrote a song for us, which they performed, and it went on for about 10 minutes, so there's many different parts to it. But towards, and it kept saying how happy they were that we were there helping them. And then one of the words that got me was saying, um, you know, we have nothing we can give you back apart from love and prayers. And then I was chatting wow. when I heard that, yeah. That was amazing, like, isn't it? Yeah. And um, would you recommend Uganda Marathon to people? I wouldn't recommend it. I'd say, if, if, I'd almost insist that you do it. This is the thing, I don't know how I'm going to go back necessarily to normal life and, and get over yeah. this experience. And I don't know how you can oh, do something that yeah. compares to it. Like. Just even saying that, that almost brings a tear to my eye, yeah. to be honest, because you've had this absolutely amazing week, and I'm travelling home tomorrow, you're travelling home tonight. I'm leaving tonight in five hours, yeah. Um, and you've met all these amazing people on the group, let alone all the, the experience, and the experience, I think, has done something unique and brought everybody together. Everyone's together, yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question, you already know, like, but like, if somebody was on the room, like, what would you say to them? On their own, this is the best thing you can come and do by yourself. If you want to meet like-minded people, you want, and actually you want to make a difference. I think so many, I'm not, I'm not saying don't support charities, but many charities, you give some money, it's a bit faceless, you don't really know what you're doing, whereas here, you can see the direct impact of what you're doing. And then because of that, it inspires you to run, even if you're struggling. I mean, you've probably heard so many stories today of people that have never run marathons or have run double the distance they expected to run. And... Um, yeah, it's, it's just the best thing ever. I actually, I spoke to the organiser, Henry, and I said that when I saw it, I read the comments and the feedback and the reviews, and, and so many said it's a life-changing experience, and I thought to myself, well, people say that phrase quite flippantly yeah. without really meaning it, but I think actually they've hit the nail on the head. I think many people will leave here feeling different, with a different outlook on life. Um, these guys did an amazing thing, and I know you're not doing it for, for that reason, but there's the laptop. Just the laptop. Yeah, so as I mentioned, the school's got no power. Uh, so Maria, the head teacher, she has to drive two hours to get to a desktop to write reports and do any sort of you know, computer-based internet work. 
So we had the idea that we'll chip in to buy her a laptop. So we offered some money in yesterday and bought the laptop and hopefully she'll be here this evening so we can give it to her. Wow, that'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah, so she can Love actually it. take it to school, she can charge it at home and then use it. So it'll make a big difference to you know running the school. She'll be delighted. Does she know she's, does she know she's getting it yet? No, she has no idea. No That's surprise. Blow her away. Like, you, you know how that'll even be hard to give her it. Yeah. It means so much to her. Well, yeah, like, there'll be tears all around. Yeah. <laughs> there really will be. Um, that's yeah. exceptional. Thanks very much. Appreciate yeah. that. Well done today in your cool. marathon. Thank you very much. Glad to meet you. I'll get you next time. Because I was 40, I wanted to do something different. Oh. So I didn't run didn't at know. that point. Yeah. And I just decided to book it. And, just and you didn't even run? No, I wasn't. That was running. October. That's even going to elaborate even more where we're going to today. Like, yeah. So in October you hadn't run whatsoever, like. No. Um, what's unique about Emma? There's <laughs> quite a lot of things that's unique <laughs> about Emma. Um, like Emma had signed up for the 10k, and she decided um, to change it to the half marathon. So why did you change? Decide to change to the half marathon? I just thought while I was here, I wanted to push myself. I'd trained um, and done 10k quite a few times. Um, in the month before we left. Two weeks before we left, I did a 10 mile run. And then I thought, well, if I can do a 10 mile run, I can do a half, so I did a half. So because I'd got to that distance, mm -hmm. I didn't want to then come here and do the 10K, so I was already considering doing the, te uh, the half. So, so tell me then, you took off, you changed your number this morning, you went for the half. Mm -hmm. What was the half like? It was just so enjoyable, wasn't it? Seeing I entered a classroom and the kids were singing and on the course. Yeah, they got, I got a video of these two girls singing and it was breathtaking. It made me cry, to be honest. So tell me what happened then. You finished the half. Did you actually cross the finish line at the half? No, no. We got. I think about seven miles. I was feeling pretty good. And I sort of said in my head, I'm going to do it and I need to make that decision because it was on my mind. You're going to do what? I was going to do the full. But I was thinking more about that and deciding whether or not I was going to do that than enjoying the experience. So yeah. just sort of, in my head, if I knew I was capable of it physically, I'd, I'd decided at about seven miles that I was going to do the full. Like, um, you're a single mother coming over here on your own, mm -hmm. isn't that right? Yeah. Um, that was quite a courageous move as well, like, wasn't it? Well, it was because there's a number of reasons my family were absolutely scared to death. Because one, I haven't travelled a lot. Two, I'm dyslexic and I struggle to read timetables and things. I really struggle with them. Um, I'm allergic to like everything and I get bit really bad. <laughs> and I'm ginger and I don't like the sun. Therefore, my oh. family were absolutely petrified that I was coming over on my own and leaving my little boy. But that must have been amazing, like... You know what I mean? For your 40th then to decide to actually go and do something like that. Because our whole lives we get held back by things, don't we? Um, so tell me, like, how are you feeling in the second half? Because it's two loops. Because the course is tough, like. The course is tough. It is tough, but I think, like, I just got a second wind. And I had held back quite a lot. I mean, we were doing 15-minute miles, and like I said, I, I got down to running an eight-minute mile before I came. So it was really slow-paced okay, for me. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, it was about the whole experience. It wasn't. It's not about. It wasn't about times. It was mm. about completing something. Um, 
But yeah, and I felt I felt okay. I think um, I was expecting because I've never never run that distance before. I've heard like everybody say you hit, you hit the wall at uh, so I was expecting this wall to come, and it didn't. And but then because I'd not done that distance before, I was thinking if I continue the way I am, am I going to get to like twenty one mile and not be able to finish it? And not only that, because I'd gone so slow the first time, on the second lap, um, I was running on my own. Mm. So I was a bit like, mm, what happens if I get stuck out here and I'm on my own and I'm, if I'm struggling? So I possibly could have gone a bit faster, but I was a bit worried. Yeah, because I'd not done it before. Yeah, so. you just wanted to make sure, like... Um you were going to make it and you had enough energy yeah. to get to the finish. Yeah. So tell me, it's a beautiful finish, right? You can hear the crowds roaring, coming in, like, and it's like a half mile sort of downhill. What were your emotions like when you were coming down that slope? Oh, it was just unbelievable because the, one, the girl that I'd run the first half with, she uh, got on a motorbike and, and come to meet me for my last, the last hill because I rang her to say that I was struggling a little bit. Um, and she came on a motorbike and That's met me. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, and she, she like she was obviously tired. She'd ran, you know, and she come back and she then ran the last bit of the course with me in a flip flops. Um, and it was just so emotional crossing the line. There was a few people there that had come down to see me, and I couldn't speak to anybody. I had to walk away because I just got all tearful and yeah, it's just quite totally emotional, overwhelmed. isn't it? Though. Yeah, the whole especially when you're coming here and like. You're gonna do ten k, and you decide to do a half marathon, then you do a marathon. Like it takes you, it does take you a bit deeper and a bit more connected with yourself. Like because people don't have enough self belief in themselves. Yeah, and I've de- I definitely felt like that. I went back to my room, had a shower, and had a bit of me time, and I just thought, wow, like if I can do that, I can pretty much do anything. Yeah. I, that is how I, it made me feel. I, I just. Because I had no intentions whatsoever of doing that distance, so... Tell me a little bit about the week then. Um, how have you found the week, coming here on your own? Like, have you found blending with people easy, or how have you found it? Well, before we came, we'd started a Facebook group, which you are part of. Yeah. So, it almost felt like we had our little family, as soon as we got to the airport, really, which is why... Because you'd gone through earlier than the rest of us, and it was a bit like... We were like we were missing somebody because so we're you all weren't the same there. Flights yeah. From Heathrow, so we decided we set up. A, I think it was Jason set up on the page, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. So, I we already felt like we had that family unit straight from the off. Even yeah. before we'd even were on the off, we had already started to uh, sort of create that bond, if you like. Yeah, and with some of the um, things that happened in the airport, like Jason, have you got malaria tablets? Uh, do I need them? What's the worst that can happen? Nearly missing his flight. Mm. Just some of the funny things that happened along the journey. Just so you, you think it's uh, it's been a very welcoming. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I, I I bet I've spoken to nearly every single person here, but that that's me, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like everybody congratulating you, cuddling you, and yeah. and people who've who've run amazing times, saying to me, what you've achieved is far more than what I've achieved. Lying down, getting a massage after the race, so they had a massage area. And I think it was Chloe came by and I had my face planted in the grass, screaming as she was rubbing my calves, <laughs> rubbing the crap <laughs> out of my calves. 
And she asks how you doing, says, yeah, I've done what I like. Um, she goes, Emma's still out. And I say, what? She's still out? She goes, she's doing the full. And it just blew me away. Like, and that is the most, like, I know people that have ran 320 in the marathon, it's ex exceptional. But that's the most inspirational story that I've heard here. Oh, thank this you. weekend so far, like, to have the courage to go from this to this to this. You, would you recommend this to other people when you go home, do you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think... What would you say to them? I think the one thing that somebody said to me was about we're not like we're not here to volunteer. They they know what they need to do to change their communities. We're not their saviors. We're not here. All they need is a little bit of help financially to be able to check solve their own problems. Yeah. We're not here to solve their problems. You know what I mean? We're not no better than them. Um, and I think that's true yeah, that, that, me. Yeah, me too as well. Because like you heard them say that during the welcome party, obviously. Yeah. Guys said, look, you'll go away and you'll see that we have what we need. We just don't have money to buy like the tools and all, all those things that improve our lives. Like, um, but we have the skills, we have food, we have all of that. And when then you go out into your projects and you actually see doing such a great job of what they have. Exactly, and it was quite funny actually because all the parents watched <laughs> us build um, the playground and although they were grateful, you could see them almost sniggering because you could tell they would do it like far better, far faster. Do you know what I mean? And they were like, look at these idiots here trying to um, do something good for us. But they were still very grateful and it was, it was but yeah, it That's was. amazing. Like, and what age is your son? He's 10. He's 10. What do you think he's going to say when you go home and you tell him that? Do you think he's going to be proud? Oh, yeah, he was so proud. I, I spoke to him Have one you night. To him? Yeah, I spoke to him every day, but I spoke to him one night and I said, um, so it's been a really tough day. I said it was really emotionally tough, um, some of the things we've seen. And he was just like, yes, but mummy, you're there to make a difference, and that's all wow. that matters. So I'm so proud of him. That's hard. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You moved on then to your project. So that's, yeah. that's what we're going to talk about. So the project mm. you went to was? So the project we went to was uh, a disabled school. This is an incredible story. Wow. So uh, a lady called Mary, um, who uh, was married to a, a chap called Moses, and uh, they, had, uh, they had six kids. Um, four of the kids were extremely disabled. Um, uh, the, the diagnosis officially was cerebral palsy, but um, Mary was pretty skeptical about about what that was, uh, as in uh, that, that that it wasn't just that, and there were other conditions rolled into this. Um, so she's got four uh, four disabled children, two healthy children, and um, uh, and her husband stuck with her, stuck with her, um, and uh, and despite you know a lot of the local community saying and in, and her mother-in-law saying to to her husband why are you staying with this lady you know mm -hmm. she can't give you healthy children and and re you know a lot of discrimination and um and sort of jumping to conclusions about what what this recurring illness in the family um what it meant and um so Moses stuck with her, but but eventually she she decided she wanted to go and get. She was a teacher, and she decided she wanted to go and get specialist uh, training and, and education in 
um, in special needs and, mm -hmm. and disability education. Um, so she found the course that she could do and, uh, and, and went to her husband and said, I want to do this. And uh, he said, absolutely not. Who's going to look after the kids while you're away? Only for a few days, but who's going to look after the kids? And he, um, uh, so she, she did it anyway. <laughs> she, left, uh, she left him holding the baby, literally, um, uh, and did this short course. When she got back, um, he, was, he was irate. Um, and they went through this, uh, this sort of uh, uh, kind of a, uh, an intervention by members of the family. Um, then it sort of settled down again and, uh, and, and then she decided that she wanted to go on a much longer course and get a, get a full diploma in, uh, in, in this specialism, um, which was going to be pretty tough. Uh, but she, she wants to do it and she went to her husband and this time you know, it, it didn't go well. So, um, so he ended up leaving uh, uh, the, the family. Um, so she has uh, four highly disabled kids and she's, uh, she's doing higher education um, and she's doing it on her own. And she's waking Jesus. up at sort of, uh, I think she said four in the morning. Um, and she does sort of two hours of, of basically physiotherapy and cleaning kids, uh, getting them uh, getting them ready for the day, all of that sort of thing. Then she does her own work. Then she goes to to uh, to, to do her diploma. That goes on for I think she said two years. Um, she gets her diploma, and all the time that she's doing this, she's really looking for facilities and institutions where, that can look after her kids. And she really struggled to to find that. Um, she did actually find, I think, uh, some some uh, some help, but uh, she realised that actually what was needed was um, was a new school uh, specialising in this uh, in her area, and so she set it up. So so this school is, you know, in it, it feels like it's in the middle of nowhere. It's surrounded by this incredible plot of land, which uh, where Mary grows everything from. Um, uh, avocados to vanilla to coffee to uh, bananas um, just a huge range of stuff this this incredible garden it felt like walking through a jungle as much as anything and and Mary is pointing out all these different things um, that she grows and uh, and they've got a well there uh, it was amazing when when they opened the well you sort of look down you very distant down there you can see the water shimmering but on the edges of the uh, of the well there's all these spiders running around pretty big things Anyway, so we, <laughs> so we, um, uh, we went there and uh, showed us around. And she had a, a patch of pretty, you know, unused earth, um, which, which needed uh, breaking up and turning into a garden. So that's how we spent our morning. Uh, we hoed the earth, um, uh, turned it into um, a bunch of vegetable uh, patches. I'll, I'll send you the photo so you can put it on your, your website. And, um, uh, and then we, we planted uh, pepper, we planted uh, a thing called skooma, which is um, a sort of like a, a kind of a lettuce, it's kind of similar to that. Um, uh, peppers, skooma and uh, spinach. Um, and they were going to carry on and, uh, and expand it, it to, the, to this whole patch of area. Um, then we spent the afternoon with, uh, with the kids and doing artwork and, and, all, and it's this incredible little community. So how, how many people does he have? I think uh, it, it felt like there were about 100 kids there, but, uh, but, but it was, and, but it's not just, this is a really interesting <coughs> thing, that it's not just disabled kids, um, it's, it's the full range going from, um, uh, you know, 
kids who are just just educationally normal and 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 normal behaviour and everything, all the way through the spectrum of um, of uh, learning difficulties and uh, there is a I think a Down syndrome kid there um, and all the way through to much more severe um, uh, disabilities and 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 challenges and um, and there attitude to inclusiveness was what really you know sold it for me because you know there were um there were able-bodied kids um who were playing alongside um severely disabled kids who were not batting an eyelid at, at this this fact and you know they were all it's there as this, this brilliant little community um they were polite and engaging and saying you're welcome to Uganda and and all of these wonderful things and we just spent the afternoon um, sort of hanging out with them and, uh, and and playing games and and they were brilliant um it was really touching it's, and it's quite powerful though isn't it when yeah. you're meeting people like Mary because what I'm starting mm. to see here there's so many individuals that are making such a huge difference yeah. for these pioneers yeah and they're all popping up everywhere because we've met so many of them yeah. on the on these I think I think that's right. It's pioneering. It's uh, it's it's sort of stoicism in the face of a challenge, and they 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 see this challenge and then they they get on with it. And um, uh, and 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 you know, this morning we we were with a, a civil engineer who um, is has invented a way to you melt down plastic bottles um, and you you turn it into paving stones and they slot together and um, and and coca-cola is uh, supporting them and they're, they're they're about to move from the sort of prototype stage into a um uh, a sort of you know much larger development mm-hmm. thing with with uh, this funding that will buy them some machines so that they can produce these at a sort of much larger scale um and that sort of inventiveness and innovation you see it all over the place and uh, and you know there's no denying that this community faces lots of challenges you know it's mm. it, it includes poverty there's corruption there's a lot of lot of things uh, that they're facing but they they are doing an incredible job of innovating uh, their way out of it using intelligence and stoicism and entrepreneurialism and uh, you know all of these qualities that we sort of do you, do you we like them in the UK yeah do you uh, think you'll carry some of that home with you after seeing these people do you think that yeah, yeah absolutely I mean uh, so at home I, I work in environmental policy and, and actually I've you know, really learned a lot about mm. uh, you know, how to deliver some of these projects on the ground because we face very similar problems you know yeah. it, it, once you take away the, the sheen <coughs> of you know, an industrialized, uh, you know, advanced economy, or whatever you want to call it, you actually end up with fundamentally the same same problems of uh, of sustainability and and healthcare and education, and uh, and you know the way this community goes about things is pretty inspirational. You certainly learn a lot. Yeah, because like, back back home as well, um, we're living in a very much comforted, more and more comforted. You know, we're protecting our overprotecting our kids, mm-hmm. and you know, there's big problems now with mental health and anxiety and all these things, because we don't know how to manage problems. Those things you don't really see here. And talking to Julie, they're not here as much. The problems are there, but these guys have to deal with them to survive. So they're always dealing with. They're good problem solvers. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know what I mean. Where on ours, on our side of the community, we're sort of drifting away from dealing with problems, I think. It's, it's certainly a, a very hands-on approach here. You know, quite often we say things like, uh, oh, does the, does the government not supply this for yeah. you? Does it, you know, um, school fees. It's, it's kind of weird to hear pe- people who, you know, we're used to people talking about school fees in the context of 
private schools and uh, and basically being pretty pretty well off. But um, people here are paying for school fees as a as a basic necessity because um, although there is public education, there's a lot that you have to then add on to that to get a, a, a proper education. I used to be a teacher, and a lot of the kids that I taught were uh, were pretty uh, <laughs> were taking it for granted. Um, whereas uh, here, it's sort of it's a fundamental mm. solution to getting from from where you are to where you want to be. Um, and I think you know that's that's true everywhere in the world. But there, there's a very keen awareness of that here um, from a, from a very young age mm. as well. And see, and see the project. Like even though it was a very humbling experience, obviously, like. Um, was it an enjoyable experience? Yeah. You know, it's I mean, important to bring, bring that across, I think, on the podcast. Yeah. So we're going to all these projects and we're seeing extremely inspiring people that have overcome some really good, really deep adversities. Yeah. Um, but it's important to bring across to like everyone's having a great time. Do you know what it's, I mean? It's a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I was just saying to, uh, to, to you that I you know, had, had too little sleep last night because yeah, we were sitting yeah, around yeah. the campfire. Um, and uh, you know it's just really good fun. I'll tell you what, one of the nicest things I, I've noticed is that um, it's not just the sort of cultural exchange that, that we're benefiting from by engaging with Uganda, it's actually within our own group. Yeah. You meet loads of people <coughs> from such different walks of life um, on the Uganda Marathon that, that it's actually quite sort of humbling and you know breaking out of your own bubble to to, to meet all these different people. It's so, quite comfortable so it's as well, isn't it? Like, because we came here not knowing these people. Yeah. But you think you've known them all. You're as comfortable with them as you are yeah. your friends back at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything about Uganda? I've I've had a lot of sort of. I suppose I didn't have that. I don't know what to use like expectation or. I didn't really think about it too much before yeah. I came here. Anyway, like um, but like the like how happy the people are and like because I think it's really surprised you like because yeah. they they said at the welcome meeting you know like. One thing you'll see is we have what we need. Mm. We have food, we have the ability, we just don't have money yeah. to buy things. Like, um, Is that what you found as well? Have you felt like... I think what's really interesting about the Uganda Marathon is that um, it was set up by Brits and uh, Ugandans together. Um, and then it's... Um, uh, but now the board is, is, is all Ugandan. So this, this isn't sort of a matter of parachuting in and being like, hi, we're here to save the day. You know, it's, it's about... Um, providing what we've got, it, which is you know, cash basically. That mm. that's that's what we can <coughs> offer, and um, uh, and and then giving them the tools, as as you say, and and but they've got the ideas, they've got the um, the, the the skills and the plans to do yeah. all of this. They just need that extra helping hand to um, to to make all of that happen. And just sort of laughing a little bit there because that is our <laughs> mo that is our afternoon lunch prayer. Yeah, and it wakes it wakes us up every morning as well. <laughs> yeah, it wakes us up every morning. Yeah. Excellent, <coughs> Benedict. Thanks very much. Have a good run tomorrow. Thanks, Roby. Cheers. Good luck. Tell me a little bit about the projects and were they always part of the marathon? Yeah. So from the very beginning, I won't go into too much detail because yeah. I know uh, Henry can do a better telling of how it all started. But from the very beginning, like the marathon was about bringing people and connecting people with the cause that they've fundraised for because so often you know we donate money to this faceless charity like we have no idea where that money goes we don't know if it's in someone's back pocket we don't know if it's on management costs we don't know if it's actually doing something that is actually counter to what we thought was the cause that we were fundraising for and uh and it was that kind of frustration with that system that was like right we need to make sure that runners can come and see what it is that they're, they're doing and, and then maybe that will connect them with it 
and that will encourage them to fundraise more. And so, like, the projects have always been a part of that. Um, mm. I, I ran the marathon in 2016. <coughs> it was really one year in. Uh, you wouldn't have known it because it felt so, like, seamless and organised. <laughs> um, but the idea is, like, so I'm, a, I'm the chair of the charity, uh, the Uganda Foundation, which was mainly set up in order to, uh, it's a UK-based charity, it was mainly set up in order to give good governance over the money that the fund, that the, the, the runners fundraise for. So um, taking that money, putting it into a secure place, and then ensuring that that money gets to the projects. Um, and that was the main reason, that's the sole reason at the moment. Uh, like obviously we have some aspirations about what we want to do with the charity and how we can do more work um, in Masaka and, and more throughout Uganda. But the idea is that um, we we sit there and work together with the uh, Ugandan-based NGO, which is the Masaka Marathon Board, um, who together we shortlist projects. So we get we get about seventy to eighty project applications every year, um, sometimes wow. more, um, from people, all the projects and people across all of Masaka. And Masaka is a big place, you know. Um, so these applications come in, and we have the first round of um, sort of shortlisting, which is basically a cut and clean. So you get a couple of applications that are like you know, they haven't met the requirements, they haven't read the instructions, and so those get separated. And then you kind of get down to about 50. And these 50 then go to the Masaka-based organization, charity, NGO, who um, together, um, all being previous beneficiaries, so they were all projects that in the past received funding, they then sit together as a board, um, and they discuss the projects that they would then um, put forward to us, and so they narrow 50 down to 20. And they mark it on criteria, so there's a number of different criteria, including uh, kind of like logistically, how far away is it? Um, is it you know, easy to take runners to? Because that's really important. Um, and then also other thing, the most important factor is around sustainability. So how sustainable is this project? Have they set themselves reasonable goals? And we don't necessarily cull at that point or, or reject at that point. We'll go back and say, can you revise your application and maybe set some more reasonable goals to give them a second chance? So it's kind of a consultative mm -hmm. relationship. And then um, the final step is that they then send the, uh, those 20 back to the UK-based charity, and we in the UK then assess the f 20 projects to bring it down to 15 on um, some kind of more superficial things, because all 20 are incredible. Like, to be yeah. honest, all 50 were incredible. <coughs> but then we kind of look at it as how likely are we to get runners to be engaged with these projects based on just marketing it. Like, does this project look like it's going to bring runners in? Is it going to make people ex you know, excited? Um, how can we market this? And it's a very, it's a really hard decision because all of them deserve it, but we have to get down to yeah. 15 because we want all of them to meet their targets. So all of those... Um, and you can't help everybody as much, exactly. as, as, much as you would like to. No. Like, like if I walk down there, like you can't give to one person. No. You, know, and you can't... So you can't give in that situation. You can't give to everybody. everybody yeah. You know what I mean? So exactly. you have to do, you know you're adding so much value to the community. Yeah. And it will reach out to other parts as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, so. And that was the interesting thing, actually. So <laughs> last year, there were a couple of funded projects um, that we've been funding for like three years because every time they submit an application, they have a new project, like the sort of sub-project within the project that they want to fundraise for that is so good. And they've, pro they've got a proven That's track good. record of like, delivering and meeting the and using the budget effectively and making it sustainable but last year they turned around to us and they said you know what like we, we actually want to remove ourselves from the application process wow. we will not be submitting to you because one we don't want to sort of sabotage other people's opportunities and we, we recognize that, that might be happening and two because we feel that right now we're in a position where we don't need the funding 
And you must have been blown away by that. It was incredible. Absolutely blown away. It was, yeah, it felt this is super exactly good. what you're trying to do. Exactly. And that's something that's come through the full journey. Yeah. And to see them kind of develop over, I mean, I took, I mean, I fundraised for a project, the project I mentioned about sanitary towels in 2016, it was the first time I got funding. And then every year since then, I've taken runners to that project and I've seen the impact of my running, mm. the money that came after me <coughs> and the money that came after, like, the runners of that year um, that followed. And I, I think that's very special. It's a friend back at home, he runs a charity for autism, his daughter's got autism, and they created this hand, this hand for autism. And that's what he tries to do as well. Mm. And he has this saying, it's not about you, and it's not about me, it's about the big picture. Mm. And what he tries to do is, his campaign really is for those that have donated, because mm. he does a, a local run run for autism. Okay. And um, it's quite a big race, raised a lot of money. But he just wants the runners to actually come and see right. what the money has done and how it actually makes a difference. It's the same concept, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that reminded me of him. Yeah. It was very unique what he was doing. I really got it. Yeah. When I came here, I could really see yeah. the difference and the impact that has. And talking to the people that were in my group, yeah. the air potatoes, <laughs> wherever that came from, yeah. there is a story about that. But, um, <laughs> You know, it's all, I could see how much everybody was touched by going to that project. Yeah. You know, we say so we go and leave our legacy, but the legacy is almost going away with us. Mm. Isn't it really? Mm. Like, can you know that that is just gonna, that's more of a long-term investment. Yeah, like. and that's the, that's the word, right? So I said, so, cause I've been doing my PhD looking at like women's businesses. Um, and like in my mind, I'm thinking of things more economically and, and, and less sort of aid. Um, and I've seen some exceptional women like do exceptional things with so little and create, you know, one of some of the most um, prosperous businesses in all of Uganda. And so when I was talking to, to Henry about this and I was saying, you know, how should we frame the briefing? How should we talk about, you know, um, what people are here to do? And I didn't really get a chance to like, tell him this specifically, but I was like, you know, I, I really think the term that we should be using is, is investing. You know, mm. we're not giving, we're not donating, we're investing. Because, because, you know, these people have gone through a rigorous application process. You know, they deserve to be given some kind of, like, attention. Um, they should be, they, should, they deserve to be kind of, like, in the, in the limelight, right? And, and they're, they're competent, they're capable, they're the kind of cream of the crop. And so when you've gone through all of that, you've justified your budget, you've justified your objectives, your goals, the need that you're serving in your community and how you're gonna make it sustainable. Like that's not, a, that's not a donation, that's an yeah. investment. And people find, I suppose it's like social investing because you're not, you're not gonna get anything back in terms of money, but you're getting something back in terms of the experience, I like to think, the experience that you have when you go and see that project, you get something back because like in the hearts and minds of all the people that you've supported by giving that money, you will be, you will be the held there, like you will be a memory for them. And, you know, people will not forget the fact that people have, uh, that, that people like yourselves, the runners that have come, have come and done that out of the kindness of their hearts. They're just absolutely flawed that people would come to this place, yeah. do this crazy thing <laughs> and fundraise for this project that they thought meant nothing to anyone let, in, in Uganda, let alone overseas. And so we're kind of democratizing investment in a way. It's like these mm. sorts of projects that don't get given enough attention. You don't read about the excellence of Africa. You, you don't hear about these sorts of things in the media. You just hear about the poverty and the need. So what we're doing is kind of like, hopefully making it more of a level playing field that sort of connecting two kinds of people from 
from one place to another um, and just bringing them together and, and, and it tells the story itself like you don't we don't need to market it any more than that mm. and um, I it's, guess yeah that's, that's so it's really thing. picking up momentum it's going to pick hopefully it will get its own momentum yeah isn't it? that's what you're sort of and it is yeah so if you look <coughs> and running is an amazing thing to use yeah it's an amazing vehicle to use to do that it really is because the momentum in running is just building and building and it brings but we, we were talking about this yesterday though right because we were saying like you know the growth of the business and where do we think it's going to go and I'm not one to make a and have a decision or on this it's not my it's not mine I'm just a volunteer and um, the charity sits outside of the marathon in that sense but <clears throat> like you know we were saying do we want it to grow do we want it to be massive do we want to have loads of hotels taken mm. over in Masaka and actually I think what's happened is we've just got this perfect like group of people here like you love to run you care about like people mm. and causes and you're crazy enough to come and do it somewhere like this. And that's a just, and it's everyone that's here, basically. I mean, you get some people that, that don't get it when they first get here, but by the time they leave, they get it. And they, they, they're the ones that are most interesting when they come back and be like, I don't think they really got it. Like they asked about meal times and uh, race, race numbers and all these really like important running related things at the beginning, but by the end, you know, they yeah. don't, they've got a beer in their hand on the night before and they've forgotten that they were even running the next day. Like, it's just this it's yeah i guess it's, it's unique like unique it's, about, it's about maintaining group, that balance yeah. isn't it you'd be afraid of you know it becoming too big and it's actually becomes something else yeah which doesn't give you that longer term investment exactly because keeping it smaller could make it bigger yeah in a roundabout way like For sure um in terms I, of impact yeah I, I was just talking to a guy mark there and we were um just saying how unique it is like everybody's coming on their own he actually was with his friend yeah and it's like like my response to that was like, it feels like we've all come together yeah and it's that, yeah, that's that nice community because I'm just walking into groups and like, I'm here on my own yeah um, you wouldn't like, think it I, I honestly thought that you were with people because like the mm. way that like I saw you interacting with people like going out last night to the bar, the bar in town which sounds like it was a bit hairy but you had a great <laughs> time anyway to, to watch the Chelsea match like, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but that's the way it's been the whole time we've been here and I think it's what you just described that size of community of those unique type of people that are coming yeah. here yeah that's there's mad people i suppose yeah i said mad right like it is <laughs> it is mad but it's how it's that's amazing. all clicked together yeah. and it's it was a great welcome because what they did was they got everybody stand up where you're from like everybody stand up who's on their own mm. and there's a lot of people what henry said was okay i want everybody to look at those people and i befriend them <laughs> if you see them standing on their own, if you see them at lunchtime, invite them down, get them to sit at your table. Mm. And right from that moment, that's what it's been. It's been amazing. So I'm going to get different people to talk about the different projects and the, the runners that have come from that. Mm -hmm. um, but your lead in the project, how many projects were there? Was there six? Um, uh, overall? I mean, that Oh, that there's about did. like 15, I believe. Yeah. That we actually visited this week. So, uh, like, so everyone fundraised for a different project. Well, not everyone, but like, so yeah. there were about fifteen projects that could be fundraised for. I believe. I mean, unless yeah. one of them dropped. How out. many did we actually go um, out to see? <coughs> so overall, seven, you, you would have yeah, you would have probably gone to about six or seven. One of those would have been the project you fundraised for. Yeah. Others would have been projects that had previously been fundraised for, and others are just projects that we partner with, like year in year out, to do work for us, like MVRC. Mm. Um, so you were a lead. In your project, I was yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. what was your project called? It's called Elite Uganda. Okay, and what was that? Just to give a taste, what was that about? So another women's project. I can't 
stay away from them um, now that the other projects are no longer fun uh, requesting funding. So it's a, it's a project that was set up by a guy called Crispus um, and uh, his wife. Um, and it um, aims to give or train um, teenage mothers with like kind of vocational skills, so like tailoring or baking um, or hairdressing, um, in order for them to create some kind of stable income for themselves so that they can either, like, well, in the first instance, survive at the very least, you know, care for their child, support their basic needs and in, in a better case is thrive. So, so use the money that they're generating from that income stream to, to fund them going back to school because these mothers um, you know, are, became mothers at the age of 15 for the most part. Um, most of them that we heard from at least um, were, were in relationships with people uh, following the death of their parents and uh, in the absence of that like familial support, the economic support, mm. um, it's very easy for a girl to be quite impressionable to a man's promises. So these girls tend to be pulled by these men um, who promise them that they can pay for their school fees, who say that, you know, if you, you marry me, and by marry I don't mean <clears throat> like legal marry, marry here mm. is kind of cohabitation, but if you marry me, um, I will provide for you. And um, sometimes it works out fine for a little while, but you know, when women get pregnant, um, the man may stick by her for a, a small amount of time, but in a lot of cases they deny paternity and then they completely abandon any responsibility. So then these girls are left in a predicament where they don't have any support from family because they are mostly orphaned, um, in some cases not, but mostly. Um, and then they also have this added burden of, of having to care for this new life that they really didn't want to have and because of family planning issues and, and all kinds of things, you know, that there was no real choice for those women. So Elite Uganda was set up by Crispus to take, they actually out, go out to look for these women um, and who are normally living alone or on the streets with these very young babies, um, bring them on and they put them through a program and they just train them up in some very basic um, skills like, like we, we saw baking yesterday, they, they yeah. taught us what, how to what make. What sort of age? You say like 17, 15? So when, I mean, there were girl, I mean, when they get pregnant, it could be as early yeah. between like, you know, 13 onwards. You know, there was a girl there that had fallen pregnant at the age of 13 and then fell pregnant again at the age of 15 and she had two kids. Um, but in the place yesterday, we saw women from 13 all the way up to 40 or 50. So what would the runners expect to see then? So we're trying to bring them there for awareness, obviously, mm -hmm. and see where the money's going to, which is great. Um, so there's a group of runners mm -hmm. of maybe about 10, 12 runners. Yeah, they're runners. about 10 of us, yeah. Um, and then they go to see the project mm -hmm. and actually go to meet um, the women. The women actually come out then and tell them their story. Yeah, yeah. It must be very heartwarming though, like at times, because it's like when you think back at home, if you had a 16 year old girl who's lost her parents, who's got pregnant, who's actually been out in the street, and this amazing project because they are they're absolutely mm. amazing and mm. um, i couldn't imagine everyone i've seen i couldn't imagine it not being there because mm. the void that it would leave behind right. yeah and um how did the group react to that the runners yeah so it was interesting because um so we got we got shown um, a kind of a story or told a story about teenage pregnancy in like a, a variety of ways so we, we when we first got there you know, we met over a hundred beneficiaries. There were a hundred women, and for every wow. woman, there was about two children that she brought along with her. So it was very cramped, it was very packed, it was very noisy. The babies were screaming and crying and laughing and distracting the runners from really what was being, what was going on. And at first it was a bit chaotic. 
But then Crispus sort of gave his talk and he explained why he set it up to sort of address this social issue that he felt he had the ability to address having worked in development for a number of years, which is a great, great sort of um, ally. Um, And then, so we heard from him, that was one perspective. And that was fine, it felt kind of like, you know, this is the project, this is what it does. Had a tour of the place, um, saw what they do, they have lots of income generating activities, including having like a pigsty, some agriculture in the back. Um, some uh, yeah confectionery, hairdressing, tailoring. Then we moved into another room, and um, and then and then we kind of start. We started doing some baking. They wanted to show us like how they bake, and and the runners got a bit dirty. They kind of got their hands in the chapati mix, and they don't have blenders or you know um, yeah. for, for for baking. So, that, so they had to actually use their hands as a whisk, which was hilarious. Um, but they got to experience how hard it was to do that. And then after that. Um, you get the second perspective of teenage pregnancy, which was was really unusual for all of us actually, because um, we had uh, a skit, what they called it, a skit, where the the, the women who were there, um, the beneficiaries of, of the project of Elite Uganda, they came out and they acted out, uh, I guess, a, a stereotypical scenario of falling pregnant, um, then being a kind of mod, like chucked out your home by your mum then telling your, your boyfriend who you thought was committed to you that you're pregnant, meanwhile he brings on another woman on stage and there's all kinds of like beating and hitting and all of the women in the room that were the beneficiaries were laughing their heads off. And I looked around at the runners and they were just like, oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, this is going the wrong way. But w- when we spoke to Christmas, he was like, that's just one way of expressing kind of the trauma that they've gone through. Like it's, yeah. it's a horrible thing that's happened to them. And all of them know that story because they've lived it but the way that they acted it out was kind of comedic and it was just a way of expressing something really really horrible and hard in a way that, that, that you know didn't bring it bring everyone down and, and and so that was the second perspective we had lunch uh, we ate our baked goods that we made we made samosas chapatis and uh, cake and then we moved into a smaller room where there weren't so many babies and, and it wasn't so big with just the runners and a couple of the, the women and they told some of their stories and that was a really that was a really difficult couple of hours. I mean, it was an hour or so. And, and the women that came in, I was told and reassured, because I asked a few times, like, do they want to share these stories? I don't want to mm. put pressure on them. I don't want to perform anything. And they said, no, it's fine, it's fine. So these women <clears throat> would come in, they'd speak in Luganda, and we had a translator there. And, uh, you know, all but one burst into tears at some point. You know, there was there were just horrible, horrible stories of, you know, parents dying, and then the people that killed their parents were then their caregivers and then they had to run away from them and then we, you know they were they were taken by a man and there was no choice in any of the stories there was no autonomy or free will and I looked around at the runners expressions and you know there were several of them that were just like you know there's a bit like vacant expressions like some people were crying some people um just, just kind of looking back. at the floor <laughs> and at one point there was one lady there that was a mother so she kept, she's come to the marathon with her daughter um and, and her husband um and there was one woman that was just sobbing hysterically and none of, like, she basically did what all of us wanted to do. And I think because she's a mother, she just didn't hold back and she mm. kind of looked at her for a couple of seconds. She got up, she put her arms out to this girl who was sat in the middle of the circle and she just said, can I give you a hug? And the girl just said, please. And then sobbed into her shoulder. And it was one of the most, like, heart-wrenching moments of seeing because you just see a mother holding another young mother and like the empathy that you know that that woman felt towards that girl thinking what if this was my daughter that was one of those moments where you just sort of think because i can relate a little bit to that because all the projects are a bit the same yeah you know like and there was a a small kid and the kids are amazing right but a lot of them have got like similar stories yeah 
behind that mm -hmm. behind that face like and as you use the word empathy there like and it really does there's a, they come and give us a brilliant welcome at our project and um, there was one kid there who was an orphan mm. and he's sitting there with such a smile on his face like you know and both his he was a street kid that they they brought in mm. and you're just trying to hold back mm. for them you're trying to hold back mm. as well and he was so brave telling us his little wee story like mm. you know but it was an amazing thing to see though mm. you know what i mean i think mm. it's important not to hide that away yeah it's, a, it's an sure. important part of the story like it is um, so what did the team do when they were there what was their legacy to do so their legacy i mean i think the legacy that they're leaving really is as i said it's the it's the it's the money that they've raised and that's the emphasis right like you get to see your project, you do some things on the day. Um, so we made cakes, we, we kind of helped them with a marketing strategy for, for how they could distribute these cakes and, and mm. put a logo on brand, their packaging of these cakes that they could put into supermarkets or markets and just say, you know, help teenage mothers. And what a pull, like, you know, you would want to buy that cake so much more than, you know, Joe Bloggs cake that just mm. says I'm delicious, you know. Um, so there was some of that, but, but really, you know, and I, I, we did lots of different things, but I guess the, the kind of takeaway I, I'd want to leave you with is, is that, you know, that they came, they came and the legacy that they've left is the memories that they've given those women who, um, you know, for, for a lot of reasons are looked down on by society, even though it's not their fault, mm. but, but they've, been give, they've been listened to, they've been appreciated, they've been, um, they've, been, they've been just admired and smiled at and um, those women will always remember that, like forever. Like I know that because of what the project leads say, and I know that because I've spoken to some of the beneficiaries about it, and they say, you know, this has been. And it is, it is important to say, like these places are amazing places. You mm. know, even though that underlying, those underlying issues exist, um, these are real positive energies. You Super walk in, they're positive. amazing. Like they're great. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to make it sound like you know you're going as this dark. It's not that at no, all. It's, it's important to know that. Yeah. Um, but these are places you could go and visit every day. The, yeah. the energy is so great. It there. really is. You, we all left. Like so, we we left those sad stories to the end. And I just thought, oh god, this might have been the wrong way around because we came in. There was performances. There was dancing. There was activity. The babies are really happy, and then suddenly we have lunch and everyone's in a bit of a slump from all the starch and carbs that we've been <laughs> yeah. eating. Um, and sort of like, then there's these really harrowing stories and I thought, oh, wow, how this is gonna be ending on a low. But it's absolutely opposite. Like we came out of that room and you kind of look at all the women in a different way and you see them smiling and laughing and making fun of us doing things that they can do so much better, like baking. Like they kind of point out and like, yeah, you know, you're kneading it wrong. And there's a lot of banter between us and them. And, and then as we were leaving, they gave us like these little wristbands um, and a bag um, that they'd made as a, as a thank you for, for the fundraising that the runners had given. And it was just on such a high. Like there was a lot of pictures, there was a lot of laughing. Um, and I was so surprised by how quickly it turned around. And I don't know why. I think maybe it's just because like Uganda and Ugandan people have this infectious ha like happiness, you know, that they, that they have so little, but they can do so much with it. And, and you'll see tonight, we'll go to a, we're going, going to another project called Creative Canvas Uganda which is a, a centre that's been, um, it was one of the Marathon's first projects that it funded and supported and, um, and it's been, it's a kind of a, uh, kind of a youth centre for the creatives um, in, in Masaka where they can express themselves through art and dance and um, you'll go there and you'll see a, a massive like uh, painting exhibition by all the local artists. Because they are amazing dancers. Amazing dancers. I really showed myself up the other night. Yeah.
I had no idea. a dance-off with a three-year-old. That was great. I, saw, I got that on video. <laughs> that was fantastic. It was very good. So you're doing some uh, proper lunges. I was lunges. so competitive against like a three-year-old. Like, uh, he, he might still won. He might still won, though. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Like. That was Misaka Kids Africana. Yeah, yeah, that was the group. So they're amazing, though, aren't they? Like, there's, there's just so much of yeah. that around here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, they're, yeah, they're just another example of a project that we haven't supported at all, but they're just, you know, they've taken orphans off the street and given them something to you know, express themselves with, like like um, CCU, where, where we'll be going. And um, and that was it, yeah. So when you go there today, have a look on the wall um, because there's a, there's a graffitied wall um, uh, that says, some people are so poor, all they have is money. And that kind of, for me, that's like, that's kind of how I walk away from Uganda all the time. It's, yeah, like it's, it's funny that because we were talking about that yesterday. So many conversations going on. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was actually questioning when we left our project. I was talking to our group and I was like, I don't know actually who's poorer. Is it us or is it them? Yeah. And I was like, because we are so busy in our lives yeah. and all we're really getting is material. Yeah things yeah. that we don't have gratitude yeah. we don't have appreciation mm. we don't have time to give each mm. other and these guys have very little here yeah but are they richer than us yeah man. you know i i feel richer here mm. and that's nothing to do with how much i'm learning it's just it's just how yeah it's how this place makes me feel it's the humility um and it's just yeah Julie, thanks very much. Gonna end on that. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, absolutely blown away by my experience. There were numerous projects. We didn't go into them or into the detail. It's important to really outline the, how much fun we had during the week. An amazing place with amazing people. Um, I've never felt so welcomed visiting a country. It's great to see what your money goes towards and having a really good appreciation and understanding of sustainability and how important that is to a community to see its growth to be able to be successful in the future. Education is extremely important in this country. Uganda Marathon is all about running for education. We know how much it means to the people of Uganda. Really hope that you take this venture yourself and follow the same path as I did. It's absolutely amazing, without a doubt, hands down, the best running experience I've had. I'd just like to thank the whole marathon team there that helped us, there's so many to name, but especially Henry, Julia and Mark. Good luck to Mark, who's running the Comrades next week. Um, he'll need a bit of rest after looking after us righties. And also to the Kobe team and all the other teams that were there. I don't want to go into the runners' names because there's too many to mention and no doubt I will miss some out. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast, something different. Um, I enjoyed making it. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.